0: Good morning. Welcome to Christ Community Church. We are very happy that you're here and we're happy to be here too. Um, sorry that it's so chilly. If you'd have been with me at my wedding yesterday afternoon. You'd be happy that it's chilly. Uh, trust me. But uh, anyway. Let's pull it down a little bit. Oh, sorry. I'm
1: getting the sign language good? from the crew in the you, back. You
0: good. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're going to look at this parable uh, in Luke chapter 8. It's, you can find that parable in Matthew, Mark, and in Luke. And that's very significant. Because there's not but just a few things that all three of those gospel writers chose to repeat. And so that means that it's uh, really significant. And so I will probably need to look at this to today and next week too. I don't know that we'll get through with everything today, but that's all right. Um, listening. Oh, well, let me say this about the parable just before we get started. This was probably, if if the smart people that I read regularly are right, then this was the very first parable that Jesus taught. There are other parables in some of the Gospels that are mentioned earlier but that doesn't mean that they were taught earlier. This is probably the very first one that Jesus taught. And it's the parable where Jesus explains why he used parables. So it's very significant. It's a very important parable. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, listening is very important.
1: Listening is very important.
0: Um, It will determine our lives and our relationships and our marriages, our our futures, right? Right? Um, Part of being a human being is our, hopefully, our recognition, our acknowledgement, our ownership that Listening is not only important, it's very, very difficult for almost all of us. Uh, We get it honest. Uh, It's what started all the problems. Adam and Eve had a hard time listening. And um, we've we've received the same family trait. Uh, Truth be told, you probably don't have a relational problem in your life that in some degree, small or large, is not the result of one or two of you being unwilling to listen well. Um, There is nothing that I see in my counseling of couples that is a bigger cause of relational trouble than their inability or their unwillingness to listen to one another. Now, I know you're about to say, but Larry, you do such a good job
1: of listening, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes, dear. um, Hmm. No, it's true of all of us. Everyone, I think, has some struggle listening, really hearing what a person's saying, stopping what they're thinking to listen to the next person rather than think about how they're going to resp- respond to it. But um, Larry has a unique ability to, um, you know, I'm kidding you, to... No, it's the, I struggle. I struggle with this. To start to hear the beginning of this, the thing I'm saying or the question or the, the comment that I'm going to say and thinking where it surely must go, must the be going. The inevitable destination of this Surely this is going here and then answer that. You know what I'm saying? Rather than the, I haven't finished the question yet. It wasn't going there. It's going, But he, he thinks, well, it's going to go there. And expediency is uh, a, a, a big uh, trait, uh, well, a good trait that Larry has. And so the expedient way is to hear just a little bit and go, well, this is going here. So I'll go ahead and answer that.
0: So it begs the question, should I have waited for you to finish the question? That's one possible answer. Okay. Another possible answer is you could have asked a better question that would have gone toward my answer. Mm-hmm. Right? Do not clap
1: at that. Do, no, do, that's, not, that's, do not clap at that. That's, uh, <laughs> that just ponder that. mull that over. No, yeah. no, I, I can I can formulate a good solid question. Pretty <laughs> no. sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: No. Um,
1: and so we we've learned a pattern of uh oh uh uh oh that's mm. not my question. No. Yeah. You know, and vice versa. I'm sure you could tell plenty of times that I haven't listened. We interrupt each other all the time. but You do a a, so much better job of that than me,
0: than I do. Um, Part of it is your rearing. Uh, Our family was wonderful, but it was always combative. It was survival of the fittest. You know, who could... Sway the argument, overpower the argument. You wanted to win the argument. I'm, to a tragically, let me say that, tragically, I'm wanting to make the conversation a means to an end rather than making the conversation that which is utmost important. And that's not my parents' fault. It's just, it's just, it's a yeah, you, you see. And so learning, choosing, intentionally developing the skill of listening. It's, it's, we do a terrible job of that, most of us.
1: And for me, one more. Uh, at school, it's interesting because I've been teaching school a very long time. And, but the, the students that enter, and I've said this before, but the students that enter my classroom are all always the same age. I am never the same age. But they're always 17. And then next year, 74 more 17-year-olds come in there. So the gulf gets bigger and bigger between what they're saying. It's not impossible to breach at all. But what they're saying and what I can understand. I mean, sometimes I literally have to say, I don't know those words. I don't know this language. I don't know those words. You have to tell me what you mean. Because this new language that evolves, I don't understand what you're saying. And they will do that. But the listening, require, I, I am required more and more to listen more and more carefully as the breach in our ages gets bigger and bigger.
0: Thank you for saying that. That leads me to something that I will say today and then, Lord willing, next Sunday. And I want you to not miss the significance of it. The greater... The difference, or the greater the distance between two people, two families, two, uh, uh, the, the greater the difference between two, the more challenging it is to listen well. I want to say it again, the greater the difference between two the more challenging it is to listen well. I want you to think about that. A man and a woman. All the differences makes listening very hard. Between people that are of different ages. That's what you were talking about. You're getting older, the girls are not. And so the the longer that goes on, the, the wider that gap becomes, sure. and the wider that gap becomes, the more challenging it is to listen well.
1: And, and I'm going to go on the record and say that the responsibility falls on me. If I want mm. to have a relationship with these people, mm. the, 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 the responsibility of listening better falls on me. Because they're going, to, they're going to come and go amongst themselves, and their language is they understand that. I'm the, the one that doesn't understand it. So,
0: mm. that, that, that's a great, that that's
1: responsibility a, is mine.
0: Point well made. But if I were a wise student in that class, I would also take ownership and responsibility for that as well. Not instead of, but that's why we have our the problems in our society. Whether it's... The educated and the uneducated, the rich and the poor, males and females, young and old, uh, different cultures. The, The broader the difference or the distinctions, the harder it is to really effectively hear and understand what is being said. Because we, we assume things, we are already formulating a response, um, there's, there's all kind of uh, preconceived ideas, distractions, familiarity with... the Part of it is that I've been married to this woman forever, and she tricks me into connecting the dots 20 times in a row, and then she throws me a curveball. And so that, that, that's your fault. Got to keep things interesting. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah. The best thing that I will ever do with my life and the best thing that you will ever do with your life is make the intentional decision that you're going to get to know the Lord Jesus. Whether you make him your savior, there are people in this room that have not made the Lord Jesus your savior. You've not heard. I love that song, Christopher. That well, actually you sang two in a row. That talked about He calls you by your name, and then that the second one said it, He whispers your name or something like that. He calls you out of the grave. He whispers your name in the night or something close to that. And for there are people in this room that either you are yet to hear him call your name or you have heard him call your name and you've said not now or no thank you. Um, but even if that's the case, I'm telling you it is a good Thing a wise thing a uh, uh, it is of great benefit for us to make the decision that we are going to get to know who Jesus is, what he taught, what he believed, what he valued, and how he lived. And one of the things that made Jesus 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 at his core he was a teacher. In fact that was one of the favorite names that people that were around Jesus. He had other names but I don't know that there was a name that anyone called Jesus more often than than the title or the word teacher. He was a teacher at his core and his favorite way to teach, was using parables. He loved to use parables, and he—we don't know how many parables he taught or used. Um, we have recorded, depending upon the theologian you read. There's some debate. There's between thirty and fifty parables recorded in the Gospels. Some people define parables differently, but there's at least thirty. Somewhere between 30 and 50. What's unique about Jesus' parables, well, there's a zillion things that make them unique. One thing that makes them unique is that the, all of Jesus' parables, you can read from beginning to end, any one of his parables, somewhere between a few seconds and a few minutes. None of them take five minutes to teach, or to, to read. They're very short little um tools uh, uh, that that Jesus used to communicate truth case in point the one rainy just read for us um Jesus used these tools th- this tool parables for various reasons and I won't get into all the reasons but I will tell you that uh Jesus taught a wide range of people. When he would stand in a boat, like here, or on the seashore, or on a mountainside, or in a home, the crowds that listened to his words, they were made up of a wide range of people. Any thoughts on what kind of variety
1: might be there? Oh, sure. Eventually, the... the the very poor, and eventually the rich, Yeah. Um, skeptics, doubters, um, working-class folk. Um, There were a lot of people that had been ousted by their group that followed Christ. Marginal. A a lot of the marginalized people. A lot of the women were that way, you know, they Hmm. had demons or they had, you know,
0: lepers yeah
1: yeah the yeah. sick so a huge variety and i think that's super interesting that it wasn't yeah. like one yeah tiny core of a certain type of person
0: in fact it would have been the opposite yeah. of a group that was very united and homogenous um, yeah it wasn't it, that. um very religious people very irreligious um people that were had been touched by by him and they adored him people that were very suspicious, people that were afraid of him, opposed to him. And one of the things that Jesus would do when he wanted to teach such a wide range of people is that he would teach them in parables. I want to challenge, this will mean nothing to you if you didn't grow up in church. Okay, so you don't have to worry about this. But if you really grew up in church and you've really been a Bible student most of your life, I'm going to make a statement that will bother you probably. You can just go home and think about it. Parables are not, now remember this from seminary 40 some odd years ago. Nodhead taught me the, this statement that parables, I'll never forget the word he used, they were short, pithy,
1: Which, what in the world does pithy mean? Like, you know, kind of memorable.
0: Memorable, that's
1: what pithy means.
0: Mm, Anyway, okay, whatever have you. Short, pithy nuggets of truth to help people understand how to live. (laughs) That's not right at all. That's wrong. He he, he probably, was taught that 40 years earlier by his professor. That, that's, that's not at all. Um, they were not, in fact, concise, pithy, nuggets of truth to help us know how to be better, how to be moral, how to be nice, how to act nice. That's not
1: what they were. How to be a good person. Yes,
0: yes, that is not um, the purpose of parables. And I'm gonna, I'll just, there, like I said, there are many uh, purposes of parables. I wanna give you just a couple. One of the things that led Jesus to use parables was the same purpose that the Old Testament prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel in particular, but m- many other Old Testament prophets, they used parables. In fact, that was one of their favorite modes of communication was to use parables. And they used them for a specific reason and Jesus used them for the same reason. And that was to force people, if you will, polarize people into two groups. It touched people's humility. These parables would touch people's humility or it would touch their pride. People would hear the words of Jesus in these parables just like the people heard Isaiah's parables or Jeremiah's or Ezekiel in particular and when they would hear these these nuggets of truth if you will, those that heard them with ears of humility Wanted to hear more. I don't understand. Help me understand. I don't understand. Help me understand more. I, I I'm I'm not clear, so I'm coming for clarity. That was one of the purposes of parables. For people who heard Jesus' words, Jesus' parables, and their ears were clogged with pride, it offended, it alienated, it actually confirmed what they already suspected. This guy's stupid. This guy's nuts. This guy's, I, I knew there was something wrong with him. Parables touched on people's humility, people's pride and it polarized them into groups who wanted to know and hear and understand more and better and people who heard but it just confirmed what they already knew. I don't want what he's selling. It opened wider the open-minded, and it closed more definitely the closed-minded. Another thing that Jesus' parables did, it was a very subtle but powerful way of helping people understand in the first century and in the 21st century how God wants us to study His Word. Jesus did not give people a list of rules. Just tell me the ten things I need to do to be happy, successful, and get to heaven, and I'll follow that checklist, and then bye. Don't, I, I got this. That's not the way Jesus taught. That's not what Jesus taught.
1: That list of rules already existed. The Pharisees <laughs> lived by it. I mean, you, exa- you know, that. and couldn't uphold it. It, could, it, was, it already existed. He, he had to do it another way. Yes, that's good. You know what I'm saying? Yes,
0: that's, that's very good. That's not the way Jesus ever intended for his listeners to receive what he was teaching. It was never God's intention, nor the writers that God chose to write His Word. It was never their intention for us to just read the Bible, identify a list of commandments that God wants us to obey, and then move on. The Bible was written, Jesus spoke with the intention that we would hear we would recognize that God is speaking and then we would go home and we would ponder and we would wrestle and we would discuss and we would ask questions and we would argue and debate all with ears of humility. That I don't, there, I will miss this. On my best day, I will miss what God is saying to me. Unless I get his help and your help and y'all's help and I go back to this truth, this idea, this this way of life again and again and again and again. And over time, a little crack and I begin to see. And then I I see more and I see more and I see more. But in the process of seeing more and more, one of the things that I see is that, oh my gosh, there's still a Pacific Ocean, more that I haven't seen. Part of the purpose of parables is that Jesus is saying, if you come to a place where you conclude, I've read the Bible, I've got that, let's move on. You missed the whole conversation. You missed. Jesus spoke in parables to confirm what David wrote in the very first Psalm. Blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night. The parables were designed by Jesus to communicate. God does not want us to follow a bunch of rules. He wants us to discover His heart, His values, His priorities, His passions to grow in our ability to trust His love and His wisdom. And one of the things that's uncomfortable for any of us in this room that grew up in very fundamental, I'll leave any denominations out, I'll just say very conservative, fundamental spiritual communities. It's very uncomfortable for us to come to the conclusion that God might be speaking to Brenda about things in her life and speaking to her in ways that would be very different than he might be speaking to Robin with the very same passage of Scripture. And for those of us, and I'm raising my hand first, who sees Christianity, if I don't fight it every day, I will see Christianity as this box full of little compartments. And the, and the goal, just don't no need to listen. <laughs> just identify the truths, pull them out, and plug them, you know, put them in the little boxes and when you get the whole dead gum thing filled, you win. But that's not how God wrote the Bible. It's not the way Jesus taught. It was not Jesus' desire or goal. He taught people in ways that forced them to go, What? what are you saying? I need help. I need to go home and pray about this and reread read this and reread this and think about this and talk about this both to Jesus and to the others that love Jesus. It's a completely different way of seeing things. I found this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It says this, listen. The law kills, but the Spirit gives life. Jesus wants us to grasp God's heart, not His rules. Because rules are for babies and slaves. That's not who Jesus came for. Jesus didn't come for babies and slaves. I mean, you understand yes of course he did but what he really seeking after are sons and daughters
1: he wants to create us into sons and daughters.
0: sons and daughters who've gotten to know their dad and they trust him and they love him and they've got they've they've spent enough time with him they go of course that's the right way to do what a, well, why wouldn't you do it that way of course that's the wise way and they embrace those those ways of living not as laws and rules but just as superior ways of living you tell me all the time you ingest about the girls that come into your room and there's such a difference in the girls that come into your room who want to know what do i have to do to get an A Versus the ones that come into the room, and they want what you possess to get in them, to get on them, to affect them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now you don't say it, you don't say it that way, but that is exactly those little girls. Who, I, and they've got their notepad, and they got their pencil, or they probably don't write that way anyway. But you know what I'm saying? And they're what do I need? What do I? How many books do I have to read? How many papers do I have to? How long do they... Versus the girl, the little girl, uh, Ansley, who who came in and, Ms. Ray, I want what's in you to get in me. You
1: see that? Thoughts? I think that what I think, I didn't know you were going to say this.
0: Uh, I didn't either.
1: Is that the answer from the teacher? Is the same. The answer is the same. You know, um, the girl who who comes, and I will say there are fewer and fewer. It's it, but the girl who comes and says, um, "Why did I make a 99 instead of a 100?" You know, um,
0: she needs to be slapped.
1: She doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no she does not she needs the same answer she needs to be loved she's she's no. um, so, i know i know somebody has made her feel like her, i don't know who made her feel like that maybe herself maybe her family i don't maybe the system that she in a 99 is not enough or 98 god forbid is joe oh, um I guess the answer is not the same, but the the big answer is the same. And that is that a good teacher, which Jesus, of course, is the example, wants everybody to come in all their different ways and get an answer of acceptance and love, even if they don't get it. It would be like me trying to get an A in chemistry. I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. But I can receive instruction from the chemistry teacher. I can be, find myself in a place of humility mm-hmm. rather than anger, it's something I don't get. I, I, this may be slightly off topic, but with, uh, with Randy sitting in the front row, I remember picking her up from college, and college was over, and she was a theology major at Wheaton College. And so she gets in the car, college is over, we packed all the stuff in, I'm driving home or whatever, and she's in the back, and she says something along the lines of, you know, when Jesus was walking around with his disciples and preaching to people, I bet they thought he was pretty annoying. (laughs) And I said, I literally said, I'm not sure we can say that. You can't call Jesus annoying. I said, what in the, she said, but now think about it. Think about it, someone asks Christ a question and he says, Jesus, what's going on? Jesus, what's happening in the world? What about, the, what about how we're supposed to live here? What about the kingdom of heaven? And he says this. A farmer went out to plant a seed. Or consider the lilies. Consider the yeah, lilies. Yeah. Two people were walking together in a field and you're like, ah, I, just, I ask you a direct question. And he gives the answer that he gives. And it's good. Chris's choice of the song, A Good, Good Father, was perfect for today. Yeah, it is.
0: Good job, dude.
1: And no. so the prideful will say, yeah. I gotta, you know.
0: Well, because we And the value, humble will try to hear it. You know, make it clear. Make it quick. Make it simple. Tell me what I need to know and then I'm gonna move on. Gosh, that sounds like me. And I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed of that. I truly am, but... It's, and that is not the way Jesus taught. Je, Jesus did not come for the people that are making A's. You think Jesus in the vast scheme of things cares about that? No. He came to teach people things that would help them experience life. And He taught in a way that forced them to really listen. the gulf between people that are different the bigger the difference the greater the gulf Wow wonder how wide the gulf is between me and Jesus which means the, the, the more difficult it is for me to hear him but he taught in a way that forced those that had ears to hear. That's what he says. To the, if you have ears to hear, listen. And then I find it so significant that not in your, the, the one you read in Luke 8, but in the, in the, I think it's in Matthew 15. I think it's Matthew 15. Um, he told the parable, but who did he explain the parable to? the disciples that evening, the ones that came back. I want to know more. I don't understand, Jesus. Would you explain this to me? And don't you know they probably asked that a hundred times. I st- but what about this, Jesus? What about this, Jesus? I'm confused about that. And Jesus, it created dialogue and conversation and ultimately relationship. Because that's all Jesus cares about. That's all He cares about. And so I've never told y'all this. This is new information. You ought to read your Bibles every day. But not as a means of some kind of a spiritual boot camp checklist. Canteen, bayonet, hand grenade, pistol, you know, what, whatever else you have in your, in your backpack. Um, do we get up in the morning and do we hold this? I mean, I know it's just ink and paper. I understand that. But it's also the words of life and do I approach it with the recognition that, that God wants to speak to me And He will speak to me if I will just listen. It's very hard. It's very hard for me. My mind is racing. All the things I need to get done for my mom and my daughter and my grandson and my wife and for y'all. Y'all send me these prayer requests and these things that I need. And I want to do them. It's it's the joy of my life. And my mind is racing. And to be able to stop and focus on the one in whose presence I am dwelling right now. And it's not how many chapters I read, or what time of the day, or what version of the of the Bible, or uh, you know, uh, none of that. It's if you have ears to hear, listen. If you have ears to hear, listen. We'll finish up next week. Um, thank you. Thank you, Brian. Um, Bryce, you and Lawrence want to come help me? Well, I tell you what, I don't like you today, Larry. April, you come. You and, you and Bryce come. And um, Dale and Donald, would y'all come and help me, please? Hmm. Two of y'all come on this side and two of y'all <laughs> this side. The question's not, is God speaking? I get in the car with my... Gr- Get in the car with my grandmother every my grand my grandson every morning, and I feel this compulsion to try to talk to him. You know, how did you sleep? What did you dream about? What'd you eat for breakfast? What, what you, what's going to go on at school today? You know, all just what he wants is to be left alone. <laughs> ah, why just be quiet <laughs> and. I understand that better than most, but the joy of my life is to have conversation with him, and it the topic doesn't matter, and it's I'm not going to give him any answers that are going to necessarily change his day. What is important is that he knows that whatever he faces, I will be there. I will be there, win, lose, or draw. I'll be there. Regardless of what we chat about, I'll be there. Don't you worry. God delights in talking with us, sharing with us, listening to us, and us listening to Him. Not necessarily because of the information that is exchanged, but just the preciousness and the connection, just the connection. We have ears to hear. Let us hear. Jesus invites us to a supper every week. A supper which is arguably a parable. A parable that declares and reminds that God sent His Son to establish a new kingdom. And it's a kingdom that began or begins in people's hearts. And, it be- and it, that's possible because that son sacrificed his body and blood so that our sin, our debt, our offense, our rebellion, our selfishness could be forgiven and removed And we could have relationship with this this son, this new king that has come. And he says, when you gather, eat and drink. And remember, remember and give thanks until the day that I come. And when he comes the second time, and we no longer have to do this, he'll establish his kingdom in more visible and powerful ways. Right now, it's still a mustard seed in our hearts. No less real, just operating in different ways. And we'll talk about that next week. But uh, I invite you to come and eat and drink and give thanks and remember and rejoice that He is coming one day again.